Hello, welcome to What the CF, a cystic fibrosis podcast, episode 10. Before we get started, we're very happy to say that we have Zuno on board as a sponsor for this episode. So as a parent, and especially as a parent of a child with CF, outbreaks and sickness are a stress that all of our families can do without. Zuno's long-lasting sanitizers stop bacteria in their tracks using antibacterial technology. So did you know that traditional hand and home sanitizers only work whilst wet, meaning bacteria can land and multiply soon after application? Zuno's innovative technology continues to protect your family after application and is proven to be effective on skin for up to 24 hours and surfaces for up to 30 days. Water-based and alcohol-free Zuno products are perfect for humans and deadly to bacteria. So if you haven't tried Zuno before or you need to stock up on your products, you can visit Zuno.com to take your first steps towards long-lasting protection. Go. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> Wembley Stadium. <laughs> Hello, welcome to What the CF, a cystic fibrosis podcast. I'm Ingrid. And I'm Ian. And in this episode, we'll be giving you a bit of an update on our life with CF. It's now about two and a half years since we received a diagnosis that our youngest son had CF just before the first lockdown here in New Zealand. Um, so we're just going to have a little conversation really and talking about how life is, the different challenges that come up as they grow up and things that have happened in general around CF. So before we get started, just a quick reminder of how you can support the podcast. You can head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash WTCF pod if you want to buy us a coffee and support the production of the podcast. Um, you can head over to our website, whatthecf.com, where you'll find all of our episodes, a little bit of background about us and some blogs that accompany each episode. You can follow us on Instagram at at whatthecfpod. You can find us on Facebook at whatthecfpod, a cystic fibrosis podcast. And you can now find us on TikTok at whatthecfpod. And something that we've done quite recently is create some CF uh, physio playlists. So you can now actually find us on Spotify and get yourself some physio playlists for when you're needing a beat to do your physio. What's it called? Um, hang on, I'm just looking. I'm intrigued. So, well, you could, I'm going to give you one guess. What do you think our Spotify handle uh, is? How do people find us on what Spotify? What the CF WTCF Pod? <laughs> yes, WTCF Pod on Spotify as well, so you can find us there. So, anyway, that's all of our bits and pieces. <laughs> <laughs> you got your bits and pieces out. Okay, so introductions. I'm Ingrid and I'm the presenter of What the CF podcast. And I'm here with my husband, Ian. Hello. And we're here to do an update, basically. The very first episode that we did was called Diagnosis. And we had a sit down and a chat about the actual CF diagnosis journey that we had with our youngest son. Um, and we thought it would be useful to have another chat and update you all about our life with CF so far. Yes. And you do such a great job of uh, being the voice of what the CF. And uh, it's a pleasure to help you produce this podcast. I'm normally but I'm not in front of the mic. I'm normally behind. I did one. <laughs> We're did... all behind the mic. <laughs> <laughs> right in front of it, you wouldn't hear me. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm behind the 
curtain. <laughs> <laughs> like the Wizard of Oz. I'm like the wizard in the Wizard of Oz. Normally... Tweaking knobs and <laughs> pressing buttons. Pulling levers. Yeah, I was saying pulling... Tweaking knobs is not, it's not good. <laughs> pulling levers. Um, but I have... I did host one uh, of the uh, many podcasts that are up right now. You can listen to uh, the Dad's Special. Is yep. that the correct title? Yeah, it's called Dad's. It's called Dad's. You can check me out talking to other dads that have uh, children with CF. Uh, but I just wanted to say, you've done an amazing job, Ingrid. I don't, I'm going to put you on the spot and say, do you, I don't suppose you know what number podcast this is. This will be number 10. Ah, there you go. So it's a sort of anniversary. It's the 10th. I suppose so, yeah. This is the 10th uh, anniversary special. That's why I'm here. Is that what you asked me the to be? The 10th anniversary. Well, the 10th podcast. The 10th episode of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so... I thought we'd start by uh, talking. <laughs> Hello. Is, that the, is that the dishwasher? That's the dishwasher. I'll just turn it off. Hold on. I've just turned off the uh, air conditioning or the heat pump because it was making a noise. So um, the challenges of uh, doing the podcast at home. Yeah. So support the podcast, and we can get some better situation get, with uh, how we can record this podcast. Uh, Buymeacoffee.com forward slash what the CF pot. Yeah, I thought we'd start off by talking about clinic because for people who are just receiving their diagnosis um, or have yet to have gone and had a clinic and got used to the regular routine of it I thought we'd talk a bit about what that experience has been like for us obviously it's been a little bit unusual for us because of pandemic which meant that the first few clinics actually didn't happen and we did them virtually so we just had the appointments sort of on zoom so when you go into clinic what should happen when you go into clinic is that you go in there, you report that you're there, and then they immediately put you into a separate room so that people in CF on clinic days are not mixing. Yeah. So, um, like, in Auckland, we have uh, a lovely Jan CF nurse um, that we normally see at clinic, and she'll do weight and height of your child. And then you see the doctor, and they will discuss how your child's doing. You can ask any questions. If you've had any tests in between your clinics... They would discuss the results of those. So you might have had blood tests or urine tests or something. And then you normally see the dietitian. And those appointments are really uh, not, not at the moment for us, not so important because he's eating well and all of his tests are good. But initially, it's quite a big deal when you're looking at their salt. And if they're still a baby breastfed and they're either having puree and enzymes or they're, you know, having extra salt added to their diet and that kind of thing. And as they start to move on to solids, it becomes a bit more of a good, useful, guided conversation about how they're doing and what kind of foods you can give them to make sure they're getting what they need so in our case Orson is pancreatic sufficient so we generally just had to think about the salt intake so Ian yes question do you remember <sighs> how much salt Orson used to have to have <laughs> I knew this is why I, I said I <laughs> <laughs> the episode is a trick <laughs> to, to ch- find out what you know. Have you been doing it right, Ian? <laughs> have you been doing it? How much is that? He used to have an eighth of a teaspoon eighth of a, a teaspoon. day yeah. of salt mm. that was measured out. And um, because he was still breastfed <laughs> at the time, yeah. I used to express the milk and I used to put the whole lot in one bottle of oh, milk, yeah, shake okay. it up, and yeah. he just used to down it. It was no problem. It was only when he started to wean that it became a problem getting the salt because he started to be a bit more awkward about downing the bottle. Yeah. Um, and then it was a case of trying to add that amount of salt, which doesn't sound like a huge amount, but actually 
when you're trying to sprinkle it over food, baby's food, you're suddenly like, that's very salty. It's going to be a salty. If you think that's probably the amount you would put in like a whole bolognese or something. Okay, yeah. It's kind of like, it's more than a pinch. It's probably a a big big pinch. So yeah, so that's how we used to do it. And then as he weaned, um, we still had the similar amount of salt. But as he got older, I think maybe his last annual review, they pretty much just said just chuck extra salt on his food without having a big measured thing and apparently that's kind of how they do it in the uk it's not as as measured as we'd had because that's what that's what i i I just sprinkle a little extra salt on some of his food i don't actually measure it anymore it's just a and also the dietitian had said certain foods obviously are higher in salt so marmot on toast is good cheese is good and obviously, I think every CF parent knows chips and crisps. So when, particularly in the summer, when I'm worried about making sure that he's drinking enough fluid and then give him a packet of crisps or some salty chips is good. And it's always Chips fun. as in hot chips and crisps as in chips for Cut some people. Cold chips. As in, what are they called? Just potato chip. chips. Potato and chips if you're and in a- hot chips or fries. Okay. Basically, salty potato goods is what you want to feed your child, but not exclusively because that's not a good diet. No, and the other thing is, it's always nice to watch other parents stare at you when you're feeding your small child fries, crisps. Well, I think crisps is, a, is especially. Yeah, so I used to get the toddler snacks that are kind of healthy little puffs, and they're sort of vegetable puffs or whatever, and they're completely bland. And so I just pour salt into them, <laughs> shake it up, and give it to Orson. So people must probably just be like, what is she doing? doing? So the other thing about clinic is the annual review. So it's exactly what it says on the tin. It's a review of your child CF once a year. Uh, I believe you would continue to have these as, as you grow older uh, into adulthood. Um, and that's when it's basically like, uh, in the UK, we'd say MOT. Here you have the WAF. Is it WAF or WAF? <laughs> a WAF. A a it WAFs over towards you. <laughs> it's more in a fitness. WAF. I don't think it is woof. Woof? Woof would be woof. double O. Oh, yeah. Woof. Woof. Anyway. A W-O-F. It's, it's a, a warrant, warrant of, of fitness, fitness, that they call it. And I don't know what it is in America. So we've actually got ours coming up soon. So we'll be doing... He actually has to have a scan this time because he's three. So he'll be having a scan, blood tests, urine tests, and the usual height and weight. And we have all those done in the weeks running up to the actual annual review so that when we see the doctor, see the specialist, then they've actually got all the results to look at and they can discuss how he's doing and treatments and so on. So talking about treatments, the next thing I wanted to talk about was physio. Yeah. And the challenges around physio, because obviously, even when they first told us when he was a baby, twice a day, 20 minutes each time and and the, the different positions and stuff, it seemed so overwhelming as an extra thing to do because you've already got all your usual parenting things to do and just worrying about, you know, keeping them well and fed and happy and sleeping and playing and developing as you want them to. And that just seemed so overwhelming. So when we started, I think we were advised try one minute per position just to get used to the physio. And that helped because... It, you could then gradually increase it. So we went from one minute to one and a half to two minutes to three. And then before you know it, you're up to five per position and then you can do it. And I had quite a good run of physio for a while, especially with breastfeeding, because I could kind of do it while I was yeah. breastfeeding. He was very happy and content. Um, it's a bit of a different story now, isn't it? Well, yeah, as he's got older, but I sort of sus- suspected this would happen 
it's obviously just annoying to him, so he he will maybe complain a little bit. Normally, again, you can have a good run on if you get him watching something. Obviously, the trick is we put him down, he's sitting on on our lap in front of some uh, Mickey Mouse or something like that. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, and if he's distracted long enough, you can probably get away with doing at least one set of like on his back or side. But then when it gets to the third set. He's normally had enough and he's annoyed. And he'll say, oh, it's too hard, but it's not. He's just he saying. started <clears throat> to be very vocal about it. And I think I can get away with it more. Sometimes I've done it and pushed through even when he's been crying or quite upset because I just felt like he's had to do it. And if they're unwell, then like we now aim for once a day, but preferably you want to do it twice a day. And if they are unwell, you definitely want to do it two or three times a day. And it's a big burden on um, your time because finding 20 minutes a day for anything is difficult when you've got kids and work and life to juggle. So it's something that I've found increasingly challenging is, is fitting in the physio. And I do feel really guilty if I can't do it or we haven't managed to do it. But what what I would say as a tip of getting something done is if it's getting to the point when I think oh he's just really not going to put up with it now I'll go back to that one minute per position so I'll get so I'm like well I've done something and then you know he's very active and running around with his brother we've got the trampoline I think good tickling is good when he's having big laughs and all that kind of thing bouncing him around on your knee or any other thing you can do that if they're not in the mood for the physio and you just they're just sort of distressed by it basically there's all those other things you can do which are a little bit more fun and he what I found as well was when I can engage with him face to face so when I'm doing the front pats I can sing and talk and tickle while I'm doing it and then he'll be quite he'll be into it then but you turn it into a game yeah but it's also it is exhausting so that's why I created those um physio playlists because I can listen to them so you don't have to have it on so the kid's listening as well so I can have Mickey Mouse on that he's watching and then I can have my headphone on with the CF playlist which helps me have a beat and also with most of the playlists that I've done a lot of them are five minute songs so you literally then don't have to think because I have the timer on and I'm looking how long have I done on this one so that way you can actually be distracted by the song have a beat to go along to and then when the song ends you know okay I'll I'll turn him over for this I've done five minutes yeah check out the what the cf pod oh wtcf pod on spotify and check out some of our playlists because you did hassle me you kept asking me uh for hip-hop songs that are exactly five minutes long i'm yeah. like how am i supposed to know that in my head it's surprisingly difficult so there's actually i think there's two playlists i've got that are basically i think if they're over four and a half minutes i class that as a five because yeah. i think that extra 30 seconds isn't the end of the world but the other ones are just about 20 minutes and then you can just do your own thing but yeah so just pretty much a shout out to parents about the stress of physio and worrying about it but um you're not alone in finding it difficult just having that routine so that they know it's something they do try and make it something nice so if I can again if he's having a nice happy bedtime then it's a nice thing to do before bed but if he's having a bedtime like he did tonight where he's basically just shouting and screaming at us the whole time (laughs) about different demands that he wants you can't because you can't even get him to chill enough to lie down or do it um so my the best time for us personally is the morning but the morning when his brother's gone to school or isn't here so yeah. that kind of like 9.30 where he's not in full energy mode yet um, and he's still very agreeable. 
I find it hard when he's having one of his special moments uh, not to laugh. I don't want him to see him. I don't want him to see me laughing at him. But it's so hard sometimes because it's, it's so cute when they're angry. Oh, he gets so angry as well. I think he looks like um, you know in that is it Inside Out that Pixar film with the emotions in uh, well, and the, 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 the f- anger one with the fire coming out of his yeah. hair. And he's like because he actually throws his fists down by his side oh, yeah. and really does do that thing and he gets really angry. <laughs> He and is and I really gift. try not to laugh because I think, oh, you're so cute when you're angry. But he, yeah, he also does that thing where he's in a huff and he's learnt and he'll go and sit down and go <laughs> and fold his arms. <laughs> and I'm like, so he must have seen it somewhere or learnt like, this is what you do when you're annoyed. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And he folds his arms and he sits down. <laughs> I'll do it. Very, yeah. His favourite thing for Orson, uh, Orson's favourite phrase right now is, I do it myself. <laughs> do I do it. it myself. So that being said... Antibiotics is the next thing I wanted to talk about. Okay, yeah. So, okay, okay yeah, it's one of my favourite topics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me uh, just uh, quickly go into the medicine cabinet. <laughs> I need to uh, bone up because I know you're going to ask me questions. Okay. Yeah, go. Right. I'm ready. Which, okay, Ian, question. Okay. No. Which antibiotic does Orson despise the taste of? Uh, the white powdery one he likes the pink one i don't know what they're called i don't know their names uh, so augmentin is the one that we basically had since he was a baby and that's one he hates and we've forever had problems with that yeah and one of the biggest problems is that i think you can get away with it for about five days where we put it in food yeah. or you know and i'll put it in a yogurt measure and make sure he's having the whole amount and i'll feed it to him but after a few days, he's wise to it. And also, he doesn't want to have yogurt every day. Even if there wasn't antibiotics in it, he'd be like, wait a minute, where's the variety in my diet? I don't want the same old yogurt every day. So when you've got to do that three times a day, we just had a nightmare. So we tried various things. So we did the food thing. Sometimes we get away with it. Sometimes we wouldn't. But otherwise, it was the syringe. And ultimately, it meant holding him down most of the time for yeah. augmenting. Just- we tried every trick of showing him letting him try to do it himself but ultimately because it just tastes so horrible i don't know why why because i've tasted it's like a sort of chalky powdery mess it's not nice but what's the second what's the one that he loves the pink one deprin yeah raspberry flavored we got for our last one that we just had for four weeks and it was the first i think that was the first time we went on to that one yeah and I was dreading it, but I actually, they went to prescribe augmented. I said, is there anything else? Because he just hates it and I just can't bear to have to do it anymore. Because so many times we wouldn't finish our two weeks either. Because after 10 days, I'd just be like traumatized saying, I can't do this anymore. And literally having to hold him down and force medicine into him and he's splurting it up and it's coming out of his nose and he's all traumatized. And Jan was very much like, yeah, we don't want him to get like that with medicine. So anyway, we switched to this other one, which is delicious. So much so that he now, uh, Mr. I want to do it myself, we just fill up the syringes, he give them to him, and he just syringes straight it into in. his mouth. Yeah. And that's a game changer because now I feel so com- confident and comfortable. And the other thing is it's twice a day, not three times a day. Three times a day is it's tough, especially if yeah. they're not at home. Syringe thing, I think, was something someone else recommended was that you have two syringes, you have one, they have one. You do it for yourself, um, like as a dummy run, and then they will be like, oh, I want to do this too. And so we kind of first did that, and then now, because his doses are higher, we have two syringes, and he just takes both of them, and he's very happy. And he will even take them, like paracetamol now as well. We just put it in a little cup, and he just downs it like a shot. He loves it. 
Ingrid, do you know what I do before I go out? No. I Zuno. <gasps> what? Do you know about Zoon? No. Zuno? Do I? Zuno's long-lasting sanitizers stop bacteria in their tracks using antibacterial technology. Did you know that traditional hand sanitizers and home sanitizers only work whilst wet, meaning bacteria can land and multiply soon after application? Zuno's innovative technology continues to protect your family after application and is proven to be effective on skin for up to how long, Ian? 24 hours. And on surfaces for up to... 30 days. Wow. Water-based and alcohol-free, Zuno products are perfect for humans but deadly to bacteria. Excellent. So to get your Zuno products, visit Zuno.com to take your first steps towards... Long-lasting protection. Zuno. Long-lasting protection. Okay, next topic is starting daycare. When we're saying daycare, we're talking about preschool or kindy. There's so many things to consider with daycare. Uh, but one of the things that was different for us, obviously, was the pandemic and lockdowns and being in different levels and so on. So we even had, you know, had quite long periods when our other son was our eldest was at home. Um, who's now five and at school. We actually moved him from one to another purely so that he was in somewhere that was suitable for when Orson would go. And the things that I was looking for was a smaller somewhere that had good hygiene, which would be important, which, you know, you can only do so much with little ones because they are dirty, but you have a general vibe of how well kept a place is. Somewhere that had a nice outdoor area, but also safe so it didn't look like there would be many hazards for a, a CFA there. And also looking at the teaching staff and the management and how they react to your information and requests around CF. So that's probably your first port of call is to talk to the daycares because that can give you a good idea of the kind of people that you'll be working with day in, day out with your child. And if you get a dodgy vibe from them for whatever reason sometimes people sound sort of put off or frightened or yeah. they think it's going to be too much work even that can be a point to go oh you're probably not the right place for us and they might be right to be frightened or nervous but um, I found both with daycare and school when I've been talking to schools about future when he'll be starting school people that are just really open to learning and listening and like yep we can do that yep we'll look into that those are the people you want looking after your kid and we were lucky enough to found a really great daycare that just have adored him from day one and he was very comfortable with it because he used to visit regularly when we collected his brother so although he wasn't at daycare he would come in um for pickups and drop off so when he actually started i don't think he even noticed that we dropped him off no because he was he wanted to go if you do have a second child obviously it's harder if you just you know with your first because it's all all firsts for everyone but if you have a second child, then they just see it's fun and then they just want to go and they want to be with their brother or sister and you will have no trouble when you do eventually drop them off because they'll be like more than happy just to get involved and just be amongst it. When it, we dropped him off that first day, he didn't even, he literally just ran in. It's, always, it's a nice feeling when, when your kids, just you, you're there and you're feeling a bit emotional dropping them off for the first day and they don't even bother to look back yeah <laughs> they just run in and, and you're that's like it. bye then i'll see you um yeah. but yeah you're right he had his older brother to go in and he was really comfortable um the other thing that's good is our cf nurse went to visit the daycare um so that means that she had a chat with the management and staff so they have a bit of an overview of cf and understand it 
she also then could feedback to us about the daycare and the feedback for the one that we'd found was that it was excellent there wasn't one plastic toy there she wished all daycares were like that so there's no none of that risk of the water play and the plastic toys being dirty and all that kind of stuff so that's a really great thing to get the someone in the cf team so i think your cf nz field worker or your cf nurse will go visit a daycare for you i'm not sure what people call it different things oh yeah the other thing i did was then i wrote out a plan for the daycare in a, a long email and i know most people do this in different ways but again with a cf child who's um, pancreatic insufficient they're going to need their enzymes given to them at daycare so there's a whole other educational process to go on there I basically wrote a little summary of this is what CF is and I did ask the management to kind of pass it to the teachers as well so they had an overview so I explained what CF was I explained what the treatments were I explained what the main risks were for him I explained if there was anything different that, about him that they would need to know about and I explained about being out for appointments I also spoke about any outbreaks of anything like cold flu covid we would most likely maybe keep him home for longer periods of time and if he's unwell he might be staying home for longer periods of time so they've been really great with the flexibility so that's also something you can bring up you know explaining there might be those big gaps and what kind of flexibility they might have because obviously you do get charged when they're not there um, and when they're off for long periods of time you it would be nice for people to have the flexibility to say okay look we'll we won't, we'll only charge you for the first two weeks that he's off. And if it goes longer than that, we'll just hold his space and things like that, that you can ask for. What about you, Ian? Did you have any particular concerns about daycare or the type of place that he would go? Or um, No, um, I think you're right. I think it's interesting people's reactions when you do try and even start talking to them about maybe your child having any condition. And if they do freak out, that is obviously quite telling before they've even really understood what the condition is, what it entails, they seem to think if they suddenly start putting the brakes on, like they cannot be, even be bothered to find out what you're talking about. I think that's a big warning sign. Well, I've found sometimes when you say cystic fibrosis and people don't know, they could be thinking cerebral palsy or they could be thinking multiple sclerosis. And sometimes they might be embarrassed to ask and, and actually... I've had some conversations when people have been like, oh, okay, and, and known that cystic fibrosis was bad or not a great not a great thing to, to, for your child to be diagnosed with, but not really had any idea and haven't asked the questions, but they've gone away, Googled, and then found out and come yeah. back and gone, oh, I went and checked and I've seen this and oh, that's, you know, that's hard going and that kind of thing. But So people do get mixed, so it's quite good to nail your... Uh, in business speak elevator pitch on what cf is and what yeah. it means and maybe take away that um anxiety from the other person or then just jumping yeah they might have some, a completely different condition in, in mind but again there's nothing wrong obviously i don't know everything about every condition on earth so there's nothing wrong with people not knowing i was i think people some people get a bit freaked maybe are scared to ask or they they're want, embarrassed they yeah don't they don't know but it's like why would you know i mean yeah it, it's not a bad thing but i think the the uh, as you pointed out i think the uh the red light is um or the warning is uh, when people can't even be bothered to even maybe do 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 the re do your research do your own research but apart from that uh, where were we the daycare is the one we uh are lucky enough to have 
both our kids have both been to is perfect. What you just said about do your own research, I'm trying to get to a place where if I tell people and they sort of say, oh, well, what what does that mean? So I'll have my elevator pitch, um, sort of one line about what CF is, which generally is similar to what CFNZ have on there, that is a genetic condition that mainly affects the lungs and digestive system. It's yeah. degenerative. Um, I often drop in that life expectancy, you know, can be up to 40. It's average at 40 if I want to really drop a big <laughs> bombshell on people. But just I, I might only say that often to show the seriousness of it sometimes because I think a lot of people think because the opposite of getting mixed up with other <laughs> issues it? could be that they they think it's and again not to diminish that other things aren't serious but if you think of asthma a lot of people have um, asthma childhood asthma that actually resolves and so sometimes they'll think it's something like that they're going to grow out of it or you know, they think it's a condition that's going to be easy so it's good to make sure they understand the severity of it yeah, and yeah. that it's not fixed when I get to the stage when I've done my elevator pitch yeah. and I've given them a basic outline, I have I am getting better at saying, oh, I actually find it quite tiring to talk about it and it's it can be quite upsetting and it's quite exhausting because you're I'm saying the same things over and over to a lot of people. So I recommend you go to the Cystic Fibrosis New Zealand website and basically Google that, have a look on their website, all the information's on there, and there's even a PDF you can download which basically explains everything. Um, so I'm starting to do that and what's been great about doing that is seeing the person the next time and them having done it and yeah. having an understanding and then like sometimes they're still really shocked and like wow that's really big but somebody making the effort to find out more about something that affects your child is quite moving and I remember that happened recently with a, a parent of one of our son's friends and then I saw her again and she was like wow that's big that you had to go through that and lockdown and pandemic and second kid and all this stuff and I thanked her a lot for doing it because it meant a lot that she had actually made the effort because a lot of people would be like yeah yeah yeah," and they don't and I actually think a lot of family members are guilty of that um that I hear within the community that they don't even years down the line haven't really still really understood or taken the time to understand what it means to have cf and so they're still saying or asking the stupid questions um so definitely i'm not great at it but i'm i'm trying to get better at pushing back on people and asking them to do the research and answer the questions because it isn't fair on the parent to constantly have to give a you know a, a medical talk on their child yeah. But yeah, sort of diverted off daycare there. But the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is similar, this is all kind of fits in, is about navigating social life and parties and especially now with cold and flu season being here in New Zealand. Um, there's certain decisions that you have to make, including continuing daycare. Do you take them out for a month to avoid the surge in all the different bugs that are about? So, Ian. Yes. How do you approach... When we're invited to something socially, what goes through your head about what we would think about with Orson? Well, for me personally, it's how many free snacks are there? <laughs> Is it free wine? Yeah. Um, no, um, I, I think just the regular things, because obviously we're talk, probably talking about children's parties. I would say is the, is the event outside, that's always a good one. Because obviously with all uh, cold and flu things and even COVID, it's good to be outside. And then also, which is one you can probably uh, talk more on, because we recently went to a party where we asked about 
cold has anyone else got a cold flu or have you told or informed your guests not to come if they have cold and flu and then people seem to have a sort of quite interesting um reaction in the sense they felt a bit i don't know uh, embarrassed or didn't feel like it should impose or but you know not telling people please don't come if your kid is unwell if you've got the sniffles basically so i think what it is it's when when it when we've had social do's before the do like a day or two days before i send a message to everyone who's rsvp'd and i say do not come if you've either been sick or you've currently got any kind of runny nose or cough or anything and if you've been sick within the last two days don't come I hate doing that because especially with the kids things you want their friends to come some people know about the CF and some people don't but I tend to just say that our, yeah. our youngest son is is I can say immune com- compromised or is vulnerable to bugs or say he has a lung condition without saying CF so I don't have to go into the CF part and when I've done it people are so good yeah and some people said oh he had a cough last weekend he's better now he doesn't have a green runny nose yeah so most people will tell us and ask. And I think, again, even without CF, you sort of think people should be doing that anyway. And yeah, like Ian said, we went to a party where they hadn't done that. And the night before, I was going to message them to say, oh, I really want to come, but I'm a bit nervous about... Again, they wouldn't have known about Orson. Um, and I didn't text them because I felt awkward. We decided to go because it was going to be outside. And then I spoke to them on the day and I ended up telling them that he, about his CF. And they were really, um, again, really interested, shocked. And then I told them about the asking about runny noses thing. <laughs> and they actually said that if I told them, they absolutely would have done that because they wanted to do it and they felt awkward. They didn't know how to say it. So actually, if you're unsure about a social thing, you could ask the host to say one of the people coming to the party is has a lung condition or is vulnerable mm. to COVID or cold and flus and stuff. So could please make sure that you don't come if you But have it does seem sick. a bit insane nowadays because obviously you shouldn't be afraid to have these conversations. Uh, it's the new no- the thing is and it shouldn't be hard because it's the new normal I think most people should realise now it doesn't matter if you're going to an adult's party or a child's party or going out in general to a social event whatsoever if you feel unwell or have a runny nose you stay at home well I think one of the things was people messaged to say oh we haven't we're not ill anymore but we've had COVID and we're still in isolation but we'll be out on that day and then that's a decision you can make okay that's seven days I'd prefer the 10-day mark so you can... Yeah. But again, that that's something that we can do right now is if you're just getting out of isolation, maybe just let them know because yeah, yeah. then we could know. That that would be it. So I think, depending on how comfortable you are, but I think there's that thing of... I, I don't always want to tell everyone that he has CF. I don't want to have the conversation. But I think it's easy to say, oh, we have a vulnerable yeah, yeah. younger child. Great. Or you can say... Or you could just say, I have a young child who I don't want to get sick. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. You know, but I think uh, that's a great point. I think I've even said that to you when you've said, "Oh, how should I say this?" Just say immune compromised or lung condition, and it just stops probably numerous questions, and people will just don't understand straight away. It's quite simple, straight to yeah, the point. Yeah, lung condition's good because then people can just go, "I've got uh, lungs. I know what they are. Yeah, I could understand I if they had a condition. Yeah. I'd not want to get Getting sick." Cold or so yeah. it's quite a simple one. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something it does. You don't want to be rude and you don't want to seem demanding and you don't want to sound like I want to be treated differently. But there's also things now where people I know who've got spas. So 
if you're not in New Zealand, a lot of people in New Zealand have jacuzzis and spas at home. It's quite normal. Mm. And it's quite normal at kids' parties for the kids to jump in the spa. And as we all know, CFers shouldn't be even near the spa. Um, So that's a conversation I've had with a friend, not complete stranger but just complete <laughs> <laughs> stranger I meant as in sometimes you get invited excuse me on the street, you just want to, excuse me have I told have I told you about my lord and saviour the jacuzzi I don't know I meant that yeah, but sometimes you get invited to kids parties and you haven't met the parents before but um, this person I knew quite well and I was worried about the spa <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so in New Zealand, lots of people have spas or jacuzzis, uh, whatever you call and them. And it's quite normal for them to be completely green and slimy. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in filth. You know in that, um, you know in um, National Lampoon's Vacation when they run to the pool? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. I always, always have that in my head. That's or, the vision. <laughs> or I have the vision of the, the young ones, this is before, before many people's times, when they're having a bath. and all, yeah. Oh, yeah. They share the bath water, so. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> nobody's spas. Nobody's far is like that, okay? Okay, they are very clean. Not they really. are clean. But not but we know that they're actually not. Yeah. What lurks they beneath. They might look clean, <laughs> but they're filthy. What lurks beneath? Starring Harrison Ford. No, that's is it, it? what lies beneath, not lurks. <laughs> anyway. Why was I talking about <laughs> jacuzzis? You going up to strangers. You're going up to strangers and just going, Have I told you about jacuzzis? And why I can't be near them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having an irrational fear of spas. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, actually, that would be a good fear to have. Um, but especially, like, Orson would love it. Um, I feel really sad, actually, that he can't do that. But I, I think about that will probably be something for when he's older, because obviously at the moment they wouldn't just <laughs> wouldn't let those of three. <laughs> They wouldn't let those are three-year-olds just get in a spot. <laughs> oh, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's quite laid back in New Zealand. And to be honest, <coughs> Orson's pretty... Um, Adventurous. Well, he's just... It's full, of, it's full of himself is probably wrong. Um, he's quite... Confident. Uh, confident, yeah. Confident. He will do it himself. I'll do it myself. <laughs> get in the spot. <laughs> I'll do it myself. Um, so, yeah, he, he loves... He loves a, yeah, he loves a bath. So it's just I like do think that's bath. horrible, though, because I do think... When they get older, they, uh, when you go to houses, when they've got pools and spas, it's a bit harder to really say. I'd be interested to hear from parents actually who've got older kids and how they navigated that in New Zealand or Australia or a country that has an abundance of spas and jacuzzis and how they navigated that. Or if they did, did they just let them go in? Maybe they did, because I think sometimes... Back in the day, probably, yeah. I don't know, yeah. Um, but I do worry about that in the future, that getting to the point when... I don't necessarily want to tell everyone that he's got CF or he might not want to tell people he's got CF, but he wants to go to something. Then hopefully he can be trusted not not to do the things that he knows. But again, we all do things we're not supposed to. So, And they go through that rebel phase, probably in their teenage years. I don't okay. know. Always. <laughs> when they put on a leather jacket and dip their toe in a jacuzzi. Uh, yeah. <coughs> um, yeah, pretty much. I can see it now. Pool pies, mate. Pool pies. That's the biggest fear. But, yeah, so um, I have no idea. Where we are. Anyway, where we are on your list. I've been trying. The thing I I find quite fun is I've been trying to read your list. (laughs) And uh, it's probably bad enough when it's the right way up. But upside down, (laughs) it looks like a right mess. 
Spider's party. What's going on there? Spider's party? Yeah, you dip what? spiders in ink and just let them run across oh. the page. Um, <laughs> lips and... Life and parties. Oh, okay. So I basically said navigating social life and parties. But the other thing was, um, social life-wise, you've got other things like going to cinema. So we have gone to the cinema. Uh, people are still masking to go in the cinema. You have to mask to go in. But most people don't wear masks when they're in the cinema. I'm not sure. Probably not. So no. I try and book tickets or seat us where we've got a bit of a buffer zone. Yeah. <coughs> are you all right? Jeez, I don't want to sit next to you in the cinema. Even when I go to the cinema, I was going to say, I always <laughs> always give myself a bit of space. A bit of uh, <laughs> socially distanced fun. That sounds so wrong. I do not go to the cinema and have socially distanced fun. Well, I do, but not in that way. Right, I, haven't, I haven't got a cough. It's just from can, we, can we wrap this up? I'm really tired. Um, but yeah, so you do think it's weighing up the the experience versus the risk and the good thing about covid is that people are cleaning clean. yeah. protocols are much stricter than they used to be so they can keep people safe basically and particularly their staff because they need their staff to run their business so everything is better in that way for cfers because the world is is cleaner hopefully when you go to those public spaces but those are the precautions we take. And I have also got some N95s for kids. So I got some proper N95s that fit really well. And the kids are at a good age for bribery now, where we can say, if you want to watch the film, you've got to wear the mask. <laughs> so I wear my mask all the way through the film. I try and they did actually when we watched Lightyear. Yeah, I mean, I don't normally bribe them. They're normally up for it. Sometimes they're up for it, but sometimes I incentivize. Because I'm, I'm, I'm obviously wearing a mask Pretty much 24 hours a day, especially with the coughs <laughs> McGee over there. Um, I'm uh, wearing a mask. They see it's something cool. They see, oh, daddy does it. I want to be Oh, because like you're wearing it because you're so cool. No, but you know how the kids always want to be <laughs> yeah. their parents or whatever your, whatever your parents are doing, smoking, playing with bleach. <laughs> they want to do that. You're like, I love that. <laughs> Give me yeah. the matches. So, yeah, normally they're up for it and they're pretty cool and with wearing masks. So, rounding up, planning <laughs> your social life around nightmares of covid and golden yeah. flu season is basically about i think just asking and taking your sensible precautions but one thing was um those wipes and that hand sanitizer i just have that with me everywhere and i think most cf parents do when they've got little ones because it's the best way really because you can't wait till you get home to wash their hands because they will have touched their face immediately so yeah you have to kind of be on it um, but as long as you've got that stuff, then I think. But yeah, that's about it, really, for our little update on our CF life. I hope you're, I hope you're all still awake. I guess the way I would want to round off this episode of What the CF Pod with myself, Ingrid, and husband Ian, husband. always husband Ian, always husband, always the husband, always not, the never husband's the bride. Character. <laughs> well, anything's possible these days. <laughs> Always the husband, never yeah. the bride, yeah. would be if you're listening at home and you have recently received a CF diagnosis, you know, listen to our diagnosis episode and other episodes that you feel comfortable listening to and get some information in a, a friendly way. It is overwhelming and you will feel overwhelmed, but everything that happens, there's so much support 
there's Facebook groups and actual CF teams that they've gone through this, everyone's gone through this. So you're not alone. And we've all had the similar frustrations and feelings and tears and anxieties and all that kind of thing. So I would just want to say that don't feel alone and don't feel bad for the thoughts that you have about certain things because you can feel guilty of not wanting to take them to a party and think, oh, they're missing out on this. But they won't know they've missed out on the disgusting germy ball pit of the play <laughs> the play place that they were going to go to. Yeah. And they can go to that the next time or they can go to that when they're a bit older and you yeah. feel that it'd be a safer thing to do. But it's always our guilt, our internal guilt that, that uh, stresses out more. The kids are so happy doing what they do. You know, you give them a cardboard box or whatever. <laughs> we do give our kids real toys. No, we don't. But, but literally, you know how the, they just want to be with you. They want to be with their families and their parents. And they love playing and doing other kids stuff. But their main thing is they want to be with their mum and dad. And if you're doing that and you're, you're around them and uh, enjoying life, that's the most important thing, even if it means that you're extra cautious with some social things and stuff. But yeah, just always so wanted to say that we're always here to talk to as well. If you have any questions, so you can find us on our social channels that we spoke about at the beginning of the episode. And also fee- feel free to email me at wtcfpod at gmail.com if you ever want to get in touch for any reason. Always happy to chat and um, help support any other parents who are going through difficult situations. And if you've got any ideas that you want us to cover on the podcast, then get in touch or you want to be on the podcast, get in touch. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.